this special report. Good morning and good new year. It is January 1st, 2023. And we're going to start this year off with our first episode of Blunt Force Drama. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're going to be covering heroes and villains. Topics like who shaped you? Uh, the men, the myths, the legends that shape us, our culture, um, who've touched us individually. Not and, in that uh, way, by the way. Yeah, no. <laughs> diddled you in the heart in the in the cockles of the heart holy shit dave all right well that's dave over there and uh, i'm ash this was my idea <laughs> just for the record Dave's yeah copyrighted the executive producer of the show uh yeah man we're gonna get cracking here gonna uh do a uh trigger warning absolutely trigger warning trigger warning if you're easily offended change the channel <laughs> Because you're going to hear some shit on this show. That's why we picked this topic. Because it's an introductory into who we are and our personalities. Yeah, you get to know us a bit. Get to know us a little bit. Uh, we both have extremely fucked up personalities. Uh, we're usually polarized on what we think. But we get along. Yeah, we're able to discuss our differences and not just like... Yeah throw them at each other and have chaos ensue you goddamn democrat <laughs> yeah we don't do that uh we're both irish people so you know viking descendants probably you've got my drinking horn on the desk right over there he's got his fucking horn over here longbow got a longbow throwing knives in the drawer i have a gun on my ankle so um yeah mine's in one of these drawers <laughs> so you know uh, but for the most part, we get along. Uh, we worked together, had a few discussions, and uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I didn't want to do it by myself, so had a few. Uh, nice swallow, Dave. Uh, had a few discussions with Dave. He's extremely educated. I'm kind of the dumbed down version. I know what big words mean, but I choose not to use them. Yeah, but not not college educated. I still haven't done that yet, much to the uh, dismay of my parents. <laughs> well, I didn't go to college at all, <clears throat> and I didn't finish high school. But hey, I did that. I here we are. Early. Here we are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Treat your warning is definite. Uh, we're gonna treat this shit like the '90s. Or if you don't like the station, then you can fucking change it. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, Let's begin. <clears throat> syllabus. 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 Uh, heroes and villains. All right, so what heroes have modified your personality? Um, I'll go first. There's a character named Drizzt Doerden. I have the book right up there in the office by R.A. Salvatore, the author. Um, this takes place in the Forgotten Realms, which is a... A bunch of dork shit. A bunch of dork shit, yeah. <laughs> so when you play Dungeons & Dragons, like this modern 5th edition, everything takes place in the Forgotten Realms. It's this uh, analog to our Earth. And it follows the story of uh, Drizzt Doerden, who's a dark elf. All right, so he lives 
underground subterranean black skin white hair his culture well, is you gotta be uh, black dog oh that's one of the I biggest know, parts just, of it yeah. is he suffers blatant racism and it's like this direct was well, he like a normal black person like you know not like the color black no no it's um in their mythos like orcs God. or like like cursed elves black. yeah so these like these elves were cursed in their division a long, long time ago. Their deity, the Spider Queen, Lolth. Um, I have no idea what fucking yeah, talking she's, about. she's a bitch. Anyways, <laughs> she did some bad shit, and so all of her people that followed her were cursed with dark skin, right? Because apparently that's a curse. And um, so. they're just evil as fuck. Um, if they didn't vote for Biden, they're not black. <laughs> they're, uh... <laughs> like... D&D has this whole dichotomy of uh, alignment. So you're like lawful good, you're chaotic good, you're neutral good. And there's this fucking mics box. Yeah, they're so good. Um, but they are lawful evil. So there's a strict government that says we're doing evil shit and these are the laws that you do evil shit by. Um, United States of America? Soon to be, probably. <laughs> We're on our way. We just got to start living underground. Maybe, maybe Russia. Worship spiders. So it's Russian. All right, go ahead. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so <laughs> long story. Uh, backstory is that he's affected by the culture. He's like a lawful good or a chaotic good at heart individual living in an evil society. And it's. So it's me. I'm just not black, though. <laughs> yeah, not black. I'm the white version. Yeah. You think you're beat down by society for trying to be good? I'll let you continue. I don't keep interrupting. I have a whole slew of things about this. So you finish, you finish yours. So he manages to escape. Um, it spends the majority of his life up on the surface helping the normal people. And he's like forever followed and cursed and accosted by his family for pissing off the literal God of his people and his family and everything else. So um, I, I really tried to base my personality around him. Like he was uh, super impactful for me in high school, my sophomore year. Uh, I had some family issues. My mom tried to hit me with a car and like my uncle adopted me and everything. So I shifted schools, uh, shifted cities, didn't know anyone. And I was reading about 800 pages a day. I read like four pages my whole life. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, I had like cargo pants and I had a, uh, a book in each cargo pant pocket and I'd be carrying one. I'd cycle through one of those at lunch. So I was basically reading four books a day and I'd choose different topics. I told you he was a nerd. Yeah, fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> but this, they have like 13 books at the time and I just ate it up because he was... 13 of that story or? yeah so he has adventures that go on oh, so like he has his first book homeland um nice. uh, yeah really yeah. interesting character but they reference him in a whole lot of D media now like he's a mythical character that you can interact so, with in some games when i first met you and i was making fun of you for being a DD dork you really are one it really was one yeah. <laughs> nice yeah um yeah, like Stranger Things made D&D &D cool again. No, it was Critical Role. 
I don't know what the fuck that is. It was basically a video podcast of them playing D&D on YouTube. And mm. uh, they had professional voice actors. In Stranger Things, though, like, Eddie was the fucking D&D dude. I don't know what Stranger Things came from, but I... Me either, but I'm just saying, it was like, they had the Hellfire Club. Right, and that like, repopularized like, oh, it. fuck, man, I remember that game. Like, even I was like, oh, yeah, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, Hail Satan. All the dorks played that. Yeah. Uh, I he can he made it. it cool. Yeah, so in D&D, you get to play a hero. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, the crux of the... No, I mean, I definitely played that because I was alive then. You know, how old are you? Uh, 31. Were you alive then? In the 80s? No, 91. Oh, shit balls. You know, eight years, the 80s will be 50 years ago. Yeah, I know, Dave. Why don't you just keep reminding me of how fucking ancient I am. So, I'm... yeah, that's the other thing about us. is like, I'm 40 and he's, what, 31, you said? So, you know, I've been around a long time. <laughs> I'm like a relic. And uh, Dave's is a little newer to the game. So I've been beaten down a little more than Dave. Maybe. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Because his mom tried to run so, him over with a car. So, I mean, I never had that. But anyway. Yeah, so that was... <laughs> Drizzt is, like, inherent to my uh, character. Who, like, aspire to be... Uh, you know, he's he's reached his darkest hours several times over, and he's reverted to, like, this more primal, blunt force, you know, pun intended, um, application of, like, this is the problem, this is the solution, go. You know, without regard to uh, what other, I guess, uh, dangers or uh, reciprocation or anything like that, uh, he just does. And so, so that's I something like I feel guy. like I struggle. Yeah. Something I feel like a lot of us struggle with is like you get to a point where the stress is overwhelming and you just want like the simple answer. Right? That's me. Yeah. If I can just punch something, if yeah, I could just fuck, say, yeah, fuck man. you, walk away, slam the door, whatever it is. Um, Society it, like, doesn't like that. I've learned that the hard way more than a few times. Well, Yeah. Uh, we live in a society. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't like that. Uh, a thing, like, if you think about, you know, Vikings and Spartans, and that's when I should have been born, because people like me were, like, had statues of them. They were, like, warlords and worshipped as, like, gods among men because they were, like, stomping the shit out of people in the arena. Yeah, now we have Elon Musk. I like Elon Musk, but it, he's smart. He's not masculine, strong. I mean, I guess he is, not physically, but strong will. You know, that's another whole. Anyway. Yeah, so that would be one of, like, the heroes that shaped me. Um, I'm a big romantic, so I look towards, like, Robin Hood. I've got the longbow in the corner fuck, of the office. Yeah, that shit's pimp as fuck, too. Um, King Arthur... Zorro. So like you get this range of especially Robin Hood and Zorro, which is like the clever, you know, the fox. They yeah, yeah, outwit yeah. their opponents, they have high charisma, and they just make a fool of their enemies, you know, like right, the sheriff right. of Nottingham and everything else. Well, what about like before high school though? Like like it's a stupid er kid. Early nothing? Um I mean your comic books, right? I was into comic books, so. Yeah, comic books were expensive. 
Yeah, like, I used to steal them. Yeah, I stole everything else but comics. I, I had respect for, and I still do, for like mom and pop shops, like a comic shop I would steal from. Walmart, Target, in there all day. Yeah, yeah. corporate um, America. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Um, Even though we both work for a corporation. Yeah, soul <laughs> grinding corporate evaluations. Um. So, so I th- you didn't get any influences until high school when you were reading 500 books a day? No, I mean, you just this amorphous blob. You're a, a putty of personality that's being imprinted on by your environment. I mean, Right, like, so what was your environment? Like, what was... Well, my dad wasn't there, so like I could have my choice of a bevy of random dudes showing up through intermittent periods of my childhood. Um, well, I mean, I don't mean like an actual person. You know, like anything can influence. You know, Captain America. You know, you dress up like Captain America now. Like it wasn't a thing for you then. No, um, Batman probably one of the closest just because i had the batman animated series throughout the 90s yeah that shit was pimp too is the best i think did you know mark hamill was the joker yeah and he was like the greatest fucking joker voice that ever the goat like like star wars fucking luke skywalker was the was the joker yeah he's fucking cool he's been in um like all the video games too like arkham asylum yeah he was uh, arkham asylum all that shit fucking luke skywalker was fucking joker He's a notorious voice actor. He's in. He was also uh, on Blunt Man and Chronic. He was the cockknocker. <laughs> Shit was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so Fuck I'd you. say, uh, like, Batman. Batman Beyond was another really That's good still, show. Like, all black dude with the red. Yeah, uh, Terry McGinnis or Terry Guinness, and yeah, so yeah. he was the the young teenager falling into. Um, the guidance of, of Bruce Wayne because he's old as fuck and he's like his knees are blown out and shit. He's got no cartilage and any part of a skeletal system. So he's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll be your Terry Guinness <laughs> if I get that dope suit. <laughs> fuck uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess. So was that one guy then, or? Pretty much. I mean, I I wasn't worried about who I was becoming up until like teenage years. You know what I mean? Uh, like, just kind of surviving. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're so escapism was a big thing for me, which is like antithesis to what a hero is, like avoiding the problem. So for me, I was a pussy, and I just wanted to escape from distress. So I'd play video games, ran away from home a bunch, and uh, at at the cost of like my sister, because my sister was four years or is four years junior to me, and so as I got older, I realized that this void that I left, uh, was filled by her. So whenever there was issues between me and my mother, my sister was the one receiving whatever that backlash was. Cause I was fucking out of there. Yeah, I get that. Know? So that's, that's a huge set of guilt, uh, that I, I carry with me. Um, but you don't, you're not conscious of that. No, no, you're not. And, uh, I understand that wholeheartedly there, sir. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, it sucks that it happened, but probably made you a stronger person, I would think. Yeah, yeah it's hard to tell it, who you're going to become. Like, you could have expectations for your kids, but you'll never know until they're of the age that they can show right. you uh, who they've become. So, no, it wasn't really a, a part of my personality until it was. Uh, like, so probably just 14, like 15, 16. Being, and then... 
became a human being. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the that's a process, you know. We're we're hopefully always I'm working have towards to read this the book, better. Man. This sounds interesting. I've got the whole omnibus, or at least the first like nine books. Holy shit! There's too many. I'm not reading it. <laughs> I'll just let you read the thousand orcs where he gets he sees his friends die and he gets pissed off and kills like a thousand orcs. Um, well, that's the whole story. Then you've already told it. I don't need to read it. Dang. Fuck yeah, man. One, one up. So, what about you? What what helped shape you? Um. Well, I mean, in the beginning, you know, you, like I grew up in. I was born in '82, so it was a weird time, you know. So I grew up in the '80s, and influential years were the '90s. You know, so there's a lot happening in the 90s. Um, when you're a kid, you don't pay attention to anything that's going on besides what's on the TV. Right. Follow so, the you know, like, we had like the X-Men show, Batman show that you talked about. Um, all those kind of things. So, you know, like Captain America. Like when you're a kid, or for me anyway, yeah. like you identify with the like all-american white knight hero yeah you know and you're like fuck yeah i want to be captain america you know it's, it's only as you're older you become more nuanced and fall yeah. down that scale once you've been beaten down mentally and physically you realize that that's not real then you, you know? go for the punisher yeah so later on you know so you know like maybe like spider-man superman you know they were like all-american boy next door kind of farm boy ish i think uh, it's it's a toss up between spider-man and superman who's like the most universally recognized hero yeah, i don't know yeah probably it's like i'll go to events i could be dressed as superman if there's a spider-man every child under 10 is going to the spider-man first yeah yeah that's what i mean like when you're like under a certain age you're like fuck yeah well, you know spider-man's gonna win <laughs> and uh you don't realize that later in life, it, it totally changes. So, you know, like I got into the teens, which this is going to be like a big, oh, I can totally see this in later episodes. So if you ever want to know anything about us, this is why we did this one. So when I make some kind of fucked up joke, <laughs> it was Deadpool. Fucking Deadpool, man. You know, now that the movie's around, everybody's. Like, oh, fuck yeah, Deadpool. Well, this Deadpool was a huge influence because I read the comics and everything, you know. And, and uh, he was way dirtier in the comics even than the movie. So, you know, and you start to kind of like in their teens, you start to kind of look at the anti-hero as influence. So, you know, Wolverine, Deadpool, Batman... Um, you know, the Punisher, Venom. Yeah. You know, Venom was like a bad guy and then turned into a good guy, but he was still like a bad, good guy. Yeah. Venom, Venom's like one of my all-time favorites, you know. Deadass. I've got Venom comic box up there, Carnage. Uh, What'd you call Venom her? Gwenom? Gwenom? Gwenom. Yeah, Gwen Stacy when she had the uh, Venom symbiote. My computer's name is Venom. I've had two computers historically... Uh, I always wanted to be Venom. Like, I wanted a symbiote. I was like, I don't even have to wear clothes with this shit. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, but is it because you wanted a friend or you just want to be fucking sick looking and yoked? Both. Because, yeah, I didn't really have a lot of friends when I was a kid, you know, so. And uh, my mom was, like, amazing. But my dad wasn't. He wasn't a very nice person. And I'm extremely, I mean, you know, he uh, taught me a lot. Taught me, like, work ethic. I would never say he was my hero. Ever. My mother was closer to a hero. It was kind of like the light in the dark. Well, you merely adopted the dark. You know, I was born in it. Yeah. You know, and then you, you know, Bane comes later. But, uh, you know, so it's like you were saying about the escape. You know, I was getting beat up for no reason. So, I was looking at, like, you know, fucking trying to find anything that was like, is anybody else dealing with this shit? Because this sucks, you know? So, you look at, like, Wolverine and, you know, those kind of people. Batman. Fucking Batman, you know? Yeah, Parents, like, got killed, and then he was, like, a badass. Yeah, they go through a lot of pain, whether it's uh, mental or physical, like Wolverine physically tearing himself to bits. Yeah. And that's his yeah. selling point, is he's gonna come back. Like Punisher yeah. lost his whole family. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of like, okay, well, even if it's fiction, you're like, well, if it could punish your gut, you know, he, he, he dealt with this too, you know, so you're, you're like latching on to things. And then um, in the 90s, I got into like wrestling, like, you know, WWF and shit, WCW. I don't think a day goes by that I don't hear a wrestling quote from you like, <laughs> yeah. referencing some obscure yeah, that's or, the, like, uh, mainstream wrestler. That's the... So, yeah, so part of my personality, I just, my wife figured this out after 20 years. Uh, I was showing her like Andrew Dice Clay, the old comic clips. And then I was showing her old like 80s and 90s uh, wrestling promos like Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, just got this bewildered look on her face. Like, What's wrong with you? She's like, it's you. <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's like, that's your just whole personality. It's a collage of pop culture and wrestling yeah, quotes. You know, wrestling and and promos and um, who's the first person I said? I don't know. Anyway, you know, so oh, Andrew Dice Clay, yeah. So you know, Andrew Dice Clay was a smart ass. So I'm a major smart ass. Mm -hmm. And then you 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 mix that with '90s wrestling. And then you sprinkle in some, like, movie quotes from, like, the last 40 years. Yeah. And there I am, you know? Uh, you know, like, the Ric Flair, uh, the Rock, the Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. Well, he just got in, uh, inducted, like, a Hall of Fame or something like that. Yeah, like, the way that they dressed and the scary element oh, yeah. of their music and, like, the, the red light and the purple lights. And, you know, so that kind of, like, drove me into, like wanting to dress like that were you I, a juggalo at any point oh yeah i didn't dress like one but i totally listened to that shit yeah i was like a camo pants band shirt boots with screws in them weird hair that was me uh you know it's just your your transitions between things that you grab and you hold so and, you know, like The Rock, the way he spoke, I still kind of talk like that. Um, you know, Bruce Lee, I liked Bruce Lee a lot, you know, B 
be like Walter, my friend. Yeah, I like that shit. Uh, v for Vendetta. Movies and shit. Right. V for Vendetta was fucking awesome to me. Peak. Even Peak the, even the uh, just the comics, you know. And like now, in today's society, if you go back and watch that, you're like, holy shit balls, it's happening, you know. Yeah, uh, Alan Moore, he he was on point with that. And like he broke apart heroes and uh, so like the Watchmen. Yeah, that's it all Alan Moore's work. Yeah, see, I, and like for for that, I I like identify with the comedian and the guy with the face, Rorschach. Yep, Rorschach. You know, uh, I like try to do the right thing, but I don't really want to. You know, that's kind of my personality, like. In the end, I'm probably going to do the right thing, but like it's like fuck. Let me go help this fucking guy. <laughs> you know, it's like why are you down here, you motherfucker? I don't want to do this shit. Um, and then like the you know like movies. I watched a lot of movies. So growing up in the '80s, you're watching like Stallone, yeah, Rocky, Rambo, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, films. fucking Commando, yeah, you know, Van Damme, Chuck Norris. They're all like swole badasses. So then I wanted to be a swole badass. You know, so that's kind of why I look the way I look. So that did that put you on the course to like start doing sports or it's Sports, um, boxing, fighting. I fought all the time, which wasn't really my fault because my parents decided to name me Ashley. Yeah. Unfortunate. And it's a fucking girl's name. Yeah. F in the chat for Ashley. You know, so it wasn't a girl's name when I got it. You know, if you never heard it before as a man, go look at fucking Gone with the Wind from the 60s because that's where it's at. My mother actually found my name in a Southern boys book for names. Southern name book for They could have really fucked you up and spelled it like A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. Ashley. Ashley. I've heard it all. But then, Evil Dead came. You know? And Bruce Campbell was another... He's a fucking smartass. Yeah, he is. You know, and I've actually met him a few times. He's great. Uh, we went to Comic-Con. I made a Predator suit for my son. And it was like nuts. It was tits. You know, it was, it was beautiful. And uh, he's walking by with his, like, entourage. And uh, he had, like, a white sports coat on. And he turns around and he's like... Nice costume, kid. You know, and then my son's like, Dad, it's the chainsaw hand man. And he, like, turned around and did, like, the finger point with the wink, like, hey. I was like, that was the coolest moment of my life. Brilliant. Yeah, so, like, his name was Ashley and Evil Dead. He went by Ash. Right. Ash is is cool. Ash Ketchum, Pokemon. Is what I do, you know. I never watch fucking Pokemon. That shit's gay. So, if you're, uh, like I said, trigger warning. I was born in the 80s, 90s, so I say that's gay. And, you know, we we uh, used to call people fag and stuff. It's like your friends, you go up, you're like, what's up, fag? Oh, yeah, Xbox Live. No, you can't say shit like that. And then, like, we called people queers. But now, like, LGBTQ, the Q is queer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you... Somebody's, like, dying upstairs. Yeah, that's a... um. Like a nine hundred pound six year old girl or something. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, do we need to like go make sure she didn't fall down and die? Anyway, I don't really care. Uh where was I? 
You know what I mean? Like Bruce yeah. Campbell, Ash. Bruce Campbell, you know, Ash, fucking Chainsaw Hand. And then then like uh, the first one was supposed to be a real movie. It's like scary. And then they kinda went with the comedy element and then it was way better. So you it's know one of the uh, like fighting in the castle and shit like that. That's uh, Army of Darkness. Army That's of Darkness. The third one. So Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn. Um you know, and there's that whole conspiracy theory that like he cut his own hand off and it was like bad and now it's the the hand in Adam's family. Oh, I didn't hear about Nostalgia. that. One. No. Yeah, like Wednesday has Thing, the hand, and it looks just like the Ash Evil Dead hand, and they were made by the same companies. I don't know. What, but anyway. Okay. Uh, I think I watched comedy a lot. So, 80s comedy. Eddie Murphy. Uh, yeah, Savage. De- delirious. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, couldn't even do it now. Mm-hmm. Probably not. You, know, you get canceled. Like, we're probably going to get canceled. Immediately. <laughs> so. You know, like In Living Color. Yeah. Well, uh, Remember that show? Jim Carrey came from it. Uh, the Waynes brothers made it. Mm-hmm. And they made fun of everything. Like, everything. Everything. Was, everything. <laughs> you it, was, know? it was really progressive. Um, that shit was funny as fuck. And me and my dad used to watch it. And, like, it was so good. And then they got canceled. I wonder and, if... Um... And actually... Uh, Fucking Jennifer Lopez started out as a fly girl on that show. Oh, no shit. She was a dancer, that. yeah. Um, Richard Pryor, Dangerfield. What else I got on here? You know, then uh, 90s, I was heavy, heavy music. Heavy into music. Like all kinds of music, but mostly like heavy metal, um, gangster rap. She's going to answer a lot of questions later. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that because I grew up in this time. You know, it's like Run DMC, which I actually had the chance to meet DMC a few times. He's super cool. Oh, that's neat. Me and my wife were like hanging out on the couch with him, just talking about life. And he's like really fucking smart. Deep thoughts with DMC. Yeah. And like he's all in the comic books. So we had like this big, basically what we're doing right now, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, he like made glasses cool. We were like, you know, see four eyes, you fucking four eyes. Well, DMC made glasses cool. And then Henry Rollins did it. Henry Rollins is on my list, too, because he's, like, super smart, but he's super angry. Yeah. <laughs> so, I fucking love that guy. Um, so, this is all, like, teenagers years, you know, like, all through from, like, 12 to, like, 17, 18-ish, you know, and then it's in Heavy in the Music, Eminem came, um, Tupac was, like, the main guy. Right. You know, Snoop Dogg. Biggie, uh, Pantera was a huge, because, you know, like I said at the beginning, you're looking for somebody that's been through the same shit. Right. And if you read their lyrics, like everybody's like, oh, they're just screaming, listen and read. You read the lyrics and you know the words, you're like, man, this dude's been through some real shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but maybe they didn't have lyrics. You know, like they had CDs with the lyric booklets yeah, and some CDs. Yeah, that's what I was reading, you know? You couldn't look it up online. You had to buy it. Right. You know, you had to buy the shit and then open it up and you're reading along while it's playing. You're like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know? And, uh, you know, three, six mafia club. Mm -hmm. Oh my no. You know, they were great. Um, and then like, this was, uh, 
highly influential time for me because like my mom died Mm -hmm. killed by drunk so then my whole world was crushed you know it's light and dark then i had to live with my dad and uh he just kind of i have a brother and a sister older brother younger sister he just kind of like left and then you know, my brother's like five years older than me. My sister's five years younger than me. So I'm the middle child. Um, so like you were talking about that whole brunt. You know, you catch the brunt of it from oh, yeah. sister. That was me. Like all the shit that was going on. Like I was getting, I was getting. And, you think uh, your siblings have regret about that? Uh, my brother was married. You know, like he had his own house. He was married um, before my mom even died, like. We moved onto this horse ranch, which I hated at the time, which I still, I wish I lived there now. You actually have horses at that time? Oh, yeah. So I came from the city, right? Right. And uh, I listened to all this music that I listened to and then move out into the middle of nowhere in fucking redneck land. They don't know anybody. And I'm like, fuck, this is gay. What state was redneck land in? Uh, it was in Florida, um, but it was like past Waimama. Okay. You know, like uh, Fort Lonesome was the name of it, and it was exactly that. Um, didn't know anybody, and uh, had to do all this fucking work, so I was like short and fat. I was like 12 years old. And uh, kind of short and fat, and then started doing all this farm work. There was 20 acres to fucking fix all these fences and do all this fucking work. Just me and my dad at the time. So the only time we ever got along was like when my mom and brother and sister weren't around. Right. So you had like this rocky training montage of you putting fence posts in Basically, and mowing the lawn. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got big, like fast. So I grew like four inches. And corn fed boys. And gained like 50 pounds of muscle. Jesus. So in like ninth grade, I was like 215. And like six foot tall. Yeah, it's a big boy. Um, and you know, he had me out there doing shit that I shouldn't even have been doing. We had tractors and shit. He wanted me to be like this. Right. Uh, like I had to dig post holes and fucking put like telephone poles in the ground by hand. <laughs> you know, and then like this reverse psychology that he was so good at. Like, well, you can't pick up that pole, boy. I'm like, Fuck yeah, I could pick up that pole. He's like, well, let me see you do it. And then I could get over there and kill myself. Yeah. So I'm all fucked up now because of it. And I'm like, God damn it. But, so yeah, you know, my mom died. And then I got left there. And then he left. So then my brother had to, like, rent his house out with his wife at the time. And basically move into my mother's house with me and my sister to take care of us. Because he just, like, left. I mean, he was, like, paying the bills and shit. Like, right. he, went, he went, like, over-the-road trucking. Okay. When you, you know, say left, he, he, he just, didn't... like, abducted by aliens or no, fucking no, he just, se- secret like, spy from like, CIA? Well, I gotta go to work, so I'll see y'all. And then it was just, like, gone. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so your mom's dead, you know? Right. And that's a whole process of processing. You know, like, buffering at this point. And then he's gone. And you're like, what the fuck do I do now? So you still had to go to school. I didn't have a driver's license or anything. So at this point, I'm 17. 
and uh, you know, fucking brother had to move in there, help take care of me for a while, and then like we butted heads because we're exactly the same. And it was stressful. It was a stressful time. I don't blame him or anything for that. We butt heads all the time when we see each other all the time. It's just the way that it is. We're both... So did, did he show up as like a sort of role model or hero figure to you? Or were you just too pissed off and angsty to recognize it at the time? My brother's real smart. Like, uh, he would be like, if you mixed me and you together, that's my brother, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, he definitely helped me at that point in life. Because what nobody else going to do it, and I was not a man at that point, you know. So, but then you know my sister was backlashing and sneaking out of the house and shit, and it's not her fault. She was processing everything in her own way, you know. Yeah. Nobody blames her for it, but and like we were kind of tight at the point at this point, me and my brother and my sister. This is like the tightest we've ever been. Yeah, the new nuclear family. Because we had to be, you know. And uh, then my dad decided that he was going to move back to his house. So basically, like, my mom's house was really nice. It was a big house um, in, like, Elwood Park area. And uh, she, or uh, he he was like, oh, you know, you, I'll give you the house and this and that to take care of the family. So, you know, my brother thought, they're like, okay, he's paying the bills even. My brother was paying the rent and shit because he thought he was going to get the house. And then my dad was like, well, met some new woman like four months later. So that's not my mom. Oh, no. That's, you know, you know and like, I, I love my dad. Let me just put it like that. I love my dad because he's my dad. But I don't like him as a person. You know, um, and there's parts of myself that I don't like that are like him. So for me, like my dad was kind of like, he taught me a lot. Work ethic, taught me how to fix things, taught me how to fight by beating me up. Right. Um, you know, but, and you know, we always had food and nice place to live and shoes and clothes and so we weren't like living in poverty yeah all the necessities taken care of (laughs) but you know with my son i try to be way different you know i I don't make him do anything i had to play football like i didn't really want to at at first until i got like a taste of it and it was like sharks in the water you know but i didn't really want to at first i wanted to fucking play video games read comic books yeah no shit Shit like that, you know, build cars and shit with my brother. But uh, So he decided he was going to come back and uh, bring this woman. And then the way he words things is like so untactful. Doesn't care about nothing but what he's doing. Um, so he's like, oh yeah, move back, uh, you know, so bring your new mom home. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say to me, nigga? You know, that's, no, 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 that's not my mama. Yeah. That ain't my mama, motherfucker. So, he uh, did it, and basically I came, 
So I had to like, I had a car that I was building with my brother and I got, I didn't even have a driver's license. I just got an exhaust put on it. It was like a, you know, big motor car. What kind of car was it? It was like a 82 Cutlass. It was all different colors. Oh, shit, Cutlass, yeah. It was all different colors, had different colored doors, but like the motor was like tits, you know, that shit was piss, pristine and it was, uh, had a lot of power and it was loud and, you know, muscle car. So I just paid like three or four hundred dollars to get the exhaust put on, and we come back from the junkyard, me and my brother, and like all my stuff from my room is sitting out there. No shit. And he's just like, mm, "Gotta go somewhere else." Are you fucking kidding? And this is at seventeen. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm still in high school. I don't know what to tell you. So I loaded all my shit up in that car. He tried to keep my water bed though. So I went in there with some scissors and stabbed the oh, fuck yeah. out Oh, yeah, fuck that bed. <laughs> I stabbed the fuck, fuck that out of that bed. And I was like, my brother was laughing and shit. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, you get my motherfucking bed, man. <laughs> so I stabbed that shit all up and put the blanket back over it and rode out and let it leak all over the place. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, so I got in the car, fucking like burn out all through his yard. Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, drove off and then I went to some friend's house. I actually lived under a bridge for like three days is that why you look like a troll yeah had to uh fucking have a place to not get rained on beat up homeless people for this best spot nah there weren't any homeless people over there i was the only one um but you know like i, I was working at like cash and carry like making like six dollars an hour uh so i mean i had money and shit but had to like go to the gas station get like Vienna sausages and fucking packages of fuck because I I couldn't really drive because I didn't have a driver's license. So I parked my car at some friend's house and. Had you seen Dennis the Menace at this point? Yes. Did you relate to Dennis when in the homeless dude was eating beans and <laughs> sausages <laughs> out yeah. of the bridge? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, that was me. Um, but you know, you don't know what like terrible is until you've had to eat ramen with no water. So like sprinkle the shit on it and eat it all crunchy. It's fucking horrible. And I hate ramen even now. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And then uh, some people that like used to work at the horse ranch doing like the catering when we had these sales and shit. Uh, Robbie Morgenstern and Kathy they lived down the street and I'd like seen them and I was talking to them and they're like, Oh, well come fucking live with us for a while. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so they're kind of like heroes a little bit. Uh, they definitely helped me for a few weeks. I mean, I had to trade it for like babysitting, but it was cool. Yeah. My, uh, at some point while I was in the delayed entry program, waiting for my class to start up and everything to go to the Navy. Uh, I was living with my uncle. We went from a town home that he, was like had mortgaged out but he wound up defaulting on his loan and lost it at the bank back in like 2008 so we went from that town home to a rental home to help me finish out high school uh, down in melbourne florida and then we got a camper 33 foot moved back up north like an hour stayed in a campground for a year and then so the, the final three or four months before I shipped out, we had uh, some family friends, um, Ben and David, who actually let me stay with them uh, at their house 
like free of charge, no rent or anything like that. Fed me, you know, uh, stayed there. And uh, my uncle just went off and, and worked. He hired uh, some of the guy to live with him and be his, his helper because I was doing other shit at that point. But it's, yeah. it's hard. Like, you, um, you well, see I mean, your heroes fall. Yeah, heroes fall. Uh, but, I mean, there's no sweet without the bitter, you know? Like, uh, I've lived through these things, and now I'm like a fucking rock. Nothing rattles me, you know? Like, I still struggle with anger, even now. And... This has been a long, long ride. Cause like I was hell on wheels, man. You can ask my wife, I was fucking nuts after my mom died. I was fighting all the time, throwing out of school. I mean, I got through out of school all the time just because, but fighting. Um, but I mean, I just was just rage all the time. Like to start identify with like Hulk. And it's really like that a, makes sense. You can't. Once it breaks, it's over. Blackout. Well, you gotta say with the Hulk too. He had like an abusive father. His mother died. There yeah. was this this huge schism between the two of them. So it really does line up pretty it, well. It, yeah, and then like Jekyll and Hyde. You know, I read that book, and I'm like, I I call my other half of my head fucking. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I call him Mister Hyde. Uh, he's always trying to get a hold of the wheel. I, that's my analogy. Like. I'm driving the car. He's in the passenger seat. You got to check out um, David Goggins, a retired SEAL. He's like a ultra athlete now. Does runs and swims and like hundreds of miles. And uh, there'll be some people that talk about doing uh, races with him. And he pushes through like all pain. I think his moniker is like the world's toughest man. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I think I've heard of this guy. Yeah, but he, uh, he has Goggins in his head. He's like, He's like, fuck, you don't know me, son. You don't fucking know me. He'll was like, repeat these little mantras. And yeah. he's like, when I get to that point and I have to switch over, and he's like, I'm not me anymore. I'm that guy. I'm, yeah, I'm Goggins. I'm going. I'm ha- well, I mean, I'm having like conversations with myself while things are unfolding. You know, so people are getting all irate or whatever at work or whatever. And I'm trying to like be like, okay, I understand, sir. But, you know, I got to do this or that. But at the same time, I'm talking to myself. That Mr. Hyde's trying to get a hold of my steering wheel. I said, like, fuck that motherfucker, man. Let's hit that bitch. And I was like, no, dude, we can't do that. <laughs> we live in that, society. You get put in that position of stress. You just want the easiest way out, the easiest, easiest solution. Conscious dude in the shit. And, like, Mr. Hyde likes to drive a lot, you know? So he wants to get a hold of that steering wheel, man. And once he gets a hold of it, it's hard for me to get it back. Yeah, and you so, don't have insurance for that. Yeah, there's no insurance. You know, so I'm I'm sitting over there watching him drive now. I can see it all happening. I just can't do nothing about it. And, yeah, your passenger at that point. And uh, when when I was younger, at this point in time, like that would happen, and then I would get in trouble, like fucking beating people and ending up in cars, back in cop cars, with, like bloody hands. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Oh my god! You know, it's a blackout rage and. Uh, I've done a lot of like self-reflection to get to the point that I'm at, and overstimulation still. If there's too much going on, 
too many people talking at the same time. I'm like, I can't control it, you know. But I got a pretty good hold on him at this point in life, 40 years old. But, like, even at, like, 30. But, uh, anyway, I'm getting off subject. But, uh, so, you know, when that happened, I was, like, living with these people for a while. Yeah, I was working with my uncle, uh, my uncle Alan. And then he's like, look, man, why don't you come live with us? You know, you can work for me. You don't have to pay rent. That way you can get what you need to get going. I'll help you get your car moving, this and that. Okay. So I went to live with him. And uh, he was married to Kelly. She's my aunt. And uh, she's kind of, they're kind of one of the heroes, man. You know, they didn't have to do shit. And uh, my uncle, like I said, he ended up killing himself. Which sucks. But... You know, my aunt's still alive, and she's probably going to listen to this, so just want her to know. It was a big, she fucking definitely influenced me on, like, right and wrong, because I didn't know any at that point, besides, like, comic book shit. <laughs> but where did she draw that from? Was it, like, a, a Christian background that she was trying to imbue uh, to you? I'm not really just... sure. Uh, I don't really know. Um, we weren't, like, real tight. Before that, you know, mm-hmm. um, like he married her and then we'd go over there for Christmas and shit. And we didn't really, really like tight with them until that. And then, then I was living with her. So then I had to like get to know her like by living with her. And that's kind of hard, but yeah, I'm sure at that point you just a fucking monster. Yeah. I was an idiot, man. Like fucking, this was pre-wife. So girls and beer made you soft girls and beer and shit you know and drinking and partying and stuff like that um but yeah she was cool man and she helped me a lot my uncle helped me a lot uh really sucks that he fucking shot himself but shot himself with my gun that I sold him which still kind of fucks with me a little bit I'm why don't I just keep it? <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to do it, it's going to happen probably. There's not a lot anybody can do about it, I don't think, anyway. I mean, you can try. If somebody really wants to die, they're probably yeah. going to do it. Intervention's got to start early. Um, and by that time, I was I was out. You know, I was gone doing other shit. Um, you know, and I, like, met my wife before she was my wife. And, like... Uh, I really liked her and we met in school and uh, she didn't even like know me. I was like in love with her, you know, but I was, I was all, she was friends with my friend kind of thing. You know, Uh, my friend rock, he's, he's cool guy, man. He, he was friends with her too. And uh, she was, he was talking to her or something and she walked off and I was like, Who's that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, but I was like in love with her and didn't even talk to her. And then I was so closed up because of the whole situation. And I didn't really have any friends or talk to anybody. And uh, like wore a fucking black leather jacket in the middle of summer and had a hat on all pulled down all tight. And it was mysterious. You know, but I was playing football then. So everybody knew who I was. Right. 
Um, Can't escape that notoriety. Yeah, so I mean, I went to East Bay High School when I lived on the ranch, and then I moved back here and went to Lakewood, um, which was way different than anything I ever was used to. You know, because it's kind of like a yuppie school, and I was grew up in the hood, so you're like fighting all the time. You like bump shoulders into somebody. You're like throwing hands. You're like some Disney movie. <laughs> Yeah, and then I went to Lakewood and, like, bumped into somebody and was like, fuck, man, already? He's like, oh, sorry, man, I didn't see you there. See you later. And then, like, turned around and walked off, and I'm, like, standing there in the middle of the hall, scratching my head, like, fuck, this happened. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's weird. I um, I was always in nicer neighborhoods and school districts, stuff like that, because my mom worked her ass off, shook her ass off <laughs> to try to keep me there. And uh, <laughs> I remember the first fight that I got into, like, ninth grade, eighth grade, or something like that. And I was deathly scared of being sued because it's like these are all rich white kids yeah, that yeah. have family oh, yeah. lawyers. Yeah. It's like, what's welfare gonna do for me? No. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, it was me too. So I was like, yeah, I beat his ass, but um, what if he wins? You know what I mean? So I I came up with like a hoodie and everything like that. I don't think he even knew my name. He's just some fucking prick that was throwing rocks at me in my ROTC uniform every week, and. uh yeah, whooped his ass, walked away, got the, um, you know, the the back pat from one of the seniors. Fucking Dave planned this shit out. He went up there with a hoodie like a fucking G. Oh, it <laughs> like was popped out like fucking arrow. There's <laughs> there. There is a reason why costumes are designed the way they are for heroes, and hoodies should not be used. He uh, was assassin Dave. Yeah, it was like like the level one Ezio. I had no skills on my bar. I just ran over there. But he was trying to he grabbed my hoodie and we were like swinging each other around. And he was trying to throw overhand like hammer fists on my head. But he pulled my hoodie so tight it was just bouncing off. Nice. Yeah. Fucking idiot. That's fucking idiot. That's why he lost. Uh, yeah, no, I, I swept the leg. Nah, sweep the leg, yeah. Johnny. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Yeah, put him in an arm bar, face in the dirt. All of his friends were around. It was like 30 kids, seven or eight of his friends on bikes that I thought were going to jump in at any moment, but they respected the law of the schoolyard. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen in my school. No. You got beat up. Like they, I got jumped so many times. Like I don't think that I've ever been in a one-on-one fight until adulthood. Like, well, yeah, but you're the size of two kids. Yeah, still, dude. Like 15 fucking people? You're fighting with 15 You're not the size people. of 15 people. No. no. But I mean, I was wreaking havoc, dude. That was a fucking wrecking machine. And uh, I'm paying for it now, though. Like, knees are all broken. Shoulders are ripped to pieces. Neck hurts all the time. A lot of that comes from football, too. But, you know. So, uh, wife. Wife and kids, man. Still major hero every day of my life. I they, they save you? I never thought I'd make it to 40. And I just turned 40 this month. Oh, there you go. And uh, there's a lot of people in the world. A lot of people. That should uh, thank my daughter for being born. Because me at 20 would have killed these people. You know, just jobs and... They want you to work till you die. They don't understand that you have a family. Oh, yeah, like me. You had all that angst and rage towards me. Oh, yeah. Me. Uh, Dave used to be my boss. So when I was a truck driver, Dave was the dispatcher. 
So we didn't get along then. <laughs> and it wasn't because he was like a bad person, but who, who really gets along with their boss in that setting? You know, nobody. But anyway, uh, yeah, basically. Um, not so much you, but like my previous job before I came to work at the place we work, uh, they would like give me so much heavy lifting work and nobody else would do it. I'm like, you, because of the way I look, I'm being discriminated against. This is the windows and shit like that, right? Like fucking 500 pound sliders. I'm delivering by myself, picking these things up multiple times a day. And I'm like, you can't send somebody with me. I'm like, we got all these people and I can't get a helper. And I was making like dirt, you know, at this point. And then like, there's other drivers. So you know this from experience that there's Mm -hmm. other drivers that are just going home at like two o'clock. And then I have to go out till six o'clock and deliver windows. Mm -hmm. Why can't that fucking guy do the window? You know, what's wrong with him? Why am I different? And he makes more money than me, too? No, man. No. So, you know, I told them, actually told them, you guys ever get to meet my daughter, you should be like, honey, I'm so happy that you were born because I would have been, like, eating your eyeball at 20 years old, you know? There's like omega three eyeballs or something. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been eating the fuck out of some eyeballs. It was like, your, like a straight jacket. Yeah, you know. So the wife, honey, I love you, saved me, basically, because like I was on a fucking prison path, you know. And <laughs> it was like a story of when she told me she loved me for the first time. I was trying to fight with a teacher. You know, I'm like arguing with this teacher. I'm like, I'm fucking 18 years old. I'll beat your ass, you penguin looking motherfucker. And then she's like, you know, so then uh, the fucking cops were coming because they called the cops. Well, yeah. And uh, so I took off down the hallway, which I played football. So like all the football coaches knew me. So, like you know, the football coaches were the disciplinary people. So that's the way it is in the South. Yeah, that's the way it is. Like, the big dudes are the ones that handle shit. So, my defensive line coach, which was my direct coach, he didn't know who he was. I'm running down the hallway, and he's like, they're saying, look for this person. And they're like, he's like, Thomas, are you the one they're looking for? And I'm like, probably. And he's like, go out of the back, you fucking idiot. What's wrong with you? Coach Marino, man, my man. My man. So, I'm all still raging at this point. You know how, like, Betty and the Hulk, like, she calms yeah. him down? Yep. That's my Betty wife. Ross. Betty Ross, man. She's my Betty Ross. So, fucking run out. And I'm like, oh, fuck, go back over there and beat this dude's ass. Fuck this guy. And uh, she's like, no, don't do that. I love you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you do what now? It's cliche as all hell. And she, like, got all embarrassed. And I'm like, well, I mean, is it true? <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, then... You know, then we had kids, daughter was born, then you have to live for the daughter. And then to watch her, like, I want to have her on here one day because she's super smart and uh, really good at, like, this kind of thing, this banter. And uh, she could definitely, like, be a politician if she wanted to. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm just saying. She doesn't ever want to. But she could definitely 
be it. You know, she's right. really good at like debating. And there was a, a podcast um, came up recently uh, between Shia LaBeouf and uh, yeah. uh, John John Berthal. Berthal, Berthal, I think. Yeah, fucking the Punisher guy, Shane yeah. from The Walking Dead. Correct. Yeah, the one and the same. And there was this, the quote from there, and Shia, who has had a wild fucking life, uh, dealt with a lot of issues. It's finally seemingly coming back around. And uh, one of his quotes is like, you become a man when you become responsible for other people. Yeah. I think I, we, just re- I just watched that one yesterday. And uh, he's right. You know, you're like a boy until you have responsibilities, you know, and like a dog. Not really a responsibility, you know, not not in the grand scheme. Like when you have somebody that you have to feed or they die, like you can let a dog out. And it'll find some food, you know, but like people, you have to take care of them all the way up until they're able to take care of themselves. Yeah. You know, like my son now, he's 11 or yeah, he's 11. He'll be 12 in February. And I mean, he can go in there and make him a sandwich now, but before he could, he had to do everything for him. That's that kind of falls in line with, um, like the military, uh, for us, when you go up for evaluation, at some point, it's not based on your merits. It's not what medals you have. It's not what you've done. It's what those under you, who you've led, what they've accomplished. Stop banging on the table there. Say, so I, <laughs> I have, you know, two uh, third classes that made second class, and they scored, you know, in the top percentile of their, uh, their exam. Or, you know, I started this program and passed it off to this person, and... It's doing X, Y, Z things. Mm-hmm. So it really is one of those, uh, like, what legacy you leave behind. Um, so, with that being said, we've talked a, a bit about heroes, but, like, are you going to be remembered? Like, who is going to tell the story? We have heroes from classic Greek mythos, you know, Achilles and yeah, Alexander yeah. the Great. And that's all fine and dandy, but those are epics. Like, are there any modern day epics? Who's going to look back in two hundred years from now if there's anyone to look back? Um, and how are you we going like to be recognized for, for me or like for? Yeah, society? like for you. Like, our story is probably just going to end with our children. You know, what I mean, uh, how many times are your grandchildren? going to like speak about grandpa or great grandpa like they're I mean, if you're still alive and you have grandkids you know i'm pretty impactful i think so but we don't have any well not yet anyway we don't have a world war ii you know um probably gonna have a world war three pretty soon the way shit looks but I mean, my kids, like, I, st- I, I still tell stories about my fucking dad. You know, mm-hmm. my dad just beat up a dog and some dude, like, fucking month ago, and he's 70 years old. It's a fucking crazy person. Got attacked by the dog and beat the dog's ass, beat the dude's ass. Like, I still talk about him. Um, still talk about my mom, you know, my uncle. Doing it right now, you know. Uh, but I know that like my kids look up to me you know like when some shit happens my daughter's like call dad 
There's, if there's some shit that needs to go down, like it, whether right. it, whether it be somebody needs their ass whooped, or she gets into a fight at school, she knows I'm gonna ask questions. You know, she knows it's not just gonna be like, okay, well you're suspended. You know, so I'm gonna show up. Well, what happened? Yeah, take care of business. Let me see the video. Let me. Uh, did you know? Did this person start it? What happened with this person? Why is this person involved? I'm going to ask all these questions because I always have questions, always. Well, we should, as you should. You know, and even, I mean, no, uh, she probably thinks that I was a little overbearing, but you know, like I'm her dad, she's my daughter. Uh, where are you going? Who are you going with? When are you going to be back? I mean, she doesn't even live with me anymore at this point, but like, oh, well, those are. I, I, still have, I still have fucking Life 360 and watch her ride around all over the goddamn place, you know? So I know yeah. where she is. Because if I need to come get her, like, fucking taken, mm-hmm. then that's what's going to happen, you know? Or just car breaks down on the highway. Oh, well, that's yeah. always, you know, I had to fucking go jump her the other week. Uh, but, you know. And, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know my kids look up to me and that they're going to tell stories about me and if I'm still alive when they have kids my grandkids are going to tell stories about me Mm -hmm. you know so I don't know how far it'll go unless we have some kind of epic thing that happens to where you know I'm I'm fucking Spartans (laughs) it's uh it's probably going to end there of some sorts, but there are so many heroes like, in our lives that go unsung, you know, that aren't written down in stone or, yeah, yeah. or epics or anything like that. They don't have a huge cultural impact. It's those people that, you know, took you in, your uh, aunt and uncle, um, you know, my uh, family friends, you know, Ben and David, stuff like that. There's so many instances where they go above and beyond and that's just their character that's that's who they are given the opportunity presented with that uh situation they can reliably rise to that occasion so that's a hero yeah um and obviously there i think there's like the case for the white knight the captain america the superman the infallible you know like epitome of virtue I don't yeah. know that that exists anywhere. Today's society, I don't think that it does. It did. It definitely did. Like, I mean, men back then in, you know, Titanic times, you think that they wanted to die on the boat and let the women and children go first? Probably not. But that was their duty as a man to save the women and children, you know. For World War Two, do you think that they wanted to run off of the boat and know they were going to get hamburgered by machine guns? No, but that was the right thing. Nowadays, it's a bunch of fucking pussies yeah, running but that's, around. But that's the, like, that's their moment. Like, um, with Deadpool, when he's he's talking to Colossus, and it says four or five moments. That's all it takes to be a hero. Everyone thinks it's a full time job. Wake up, a hero. Brush your teeth, a hero. Go to work, a hero not true over a lifetime there are only four or five moments that really matter moments where you're offered a choice to make a sacrifice conquer a flaw save a friend spare an enemy in these moments everything else falls away like that's the quote straight from deadpool 
which is an awesome fucking quote. That's true. So good. But like for those guys, that's a a brief moment. Mm -hmm. You know, we have um, monuments to them, you know, listing all their names, everyone who died, you know, taking the beach on D-Day and several other military exercise and occasions like first responders for 9-11 it's like they're immortalized for that that brief time where they got to shine brightest but we don't know what those people were like at the other times yeah Yeah, yeah. i mean this could have been abusive you know husbands fathers con artists that just got drafted and could get out of it Uh, they could be really predatory in a myriad of ways but they're still remembered as a hero based off of that sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I don't know even if, like, uh, it could have, like, chivalry, right? That's something antiquated. Yeah. But, like, Benjamin um, Franklin's 13 Virtues, there's, like, rules to abide by to become or be recognized as, like, a man of honor, a man of virtue. Um, and I don't know that anyone does that at a full time, you know, wake up a hero, brush your teeth, a hero, go to work here. I don't know that anyone really embodies that. Uh, or at least if they do, it's, it's those unsung heroes, you know, yeah. the guy who, you know, leads his flock at church and is just like the rock by which that whole community revolves around, right? you know, or just the dad that gets up, works nine to five, you know, loves his kids, respects his wife, you know, he doesn't aspire for more than what he's been given, you know, and he cherishes it like it's, you know, could be gone the next day. I think that's, that's like the real hero, but we tend to focus on the flashy things. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, I mean, in that sense, I'm a fucking hero then. Nope. You know, because... I, I won't disagree, you'll beat my ass. <laughs> I like you now. <laughs> oh, but I mean, you know, the things that you listed about getting up, going to work, I we we both now have two jobs, you know. Yeah. And we're at work more than we're at home. And then you still have to maintain family life and do things with your family. And, um, you know, I, I go to take my son to boxing every day and I volunteer for a bunch of kids that I don't even know. I go even if he doesn't. So, I mean, if I can teach them something, you know, I'm mainly there for him. Right. Obviously. But I, you know, and then the coach, he's my friend, Fred Johnson, my man. Um, He's a buddy of mine and he's doing it all by himself, you know. So I go volunteer and he doesn't have to pay me and, he doesn't have to watch 25 kids and make sure they're all doing everything that they're it's, doing. It's that man thing, being responsible for yeah, other people. For other spo- yeah, responsible for other people. So, I mean, he has kids, and none of them kids are his, you know. And uh, he's teaching them. China Smith is one of the co- one of the owners. He's a fucking legend in this area. You know, four-time boxing champion. Um, uh, he's a real influential guy. But, you know, I go there every day. I buy them water, shit like that, because they need it. And they ask me questions, like fatherly questions, because some of them probably, a lot of them, don't even have a dad, you know? Yeah, relate to that. 
you kind of kind of look up to they have something to look up to you know and i mean i treat them very respectfully sir girls or ma'am you know it's just the way that i speak um which can get you in trouble day, these days are you assuming my gender but i was actually going to speak to that like we're positioning this as like uh the shia labeouf thing with becoming a man like it's not a gender specific thing like no my best friend when i was growing up uh his mother was a teacher's aide so making less than a teacher which is already dog shit salary especially in the state of florida and so she had two kids my best friend his sister uh, she's divorced so she was getting some help with child support but she was also tutoring after school two or three days a week giving piano lessons two or three days a week and every time they went to the store like walmart every single time she'd go buy him a new toy at like seven to ten dollars but still it's every every week she'd get me one mm. and saturday we'd have pizza and you know, he had a nice gaming computer, like the uh, Alienware when it came out. She paid for his World of Warcraft subscription, blah, blah, blah. Like, that woman fucking struggled. She yeah. hustled, and she did it alone. She didn't have other male influence. There was never another guy around the house fulfilling that uh, father role. So It kind of uh, sucks. But, yeah. but yeah, she, she's, she's a hero, for sure. Yeah, and can, she yeah. took responsibility, you know, for her children. And beyond that, like the other children that she was tutoring and mentoring and stuff like that with piano. So she's a bad bitch. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Fucking, it ain't easy, you know? Um, and then they're not your kids. So yeah, she, I was there when my mom tried to hit me with the car and was abusing my sister and everything. We ran to her house like three, four miles away across town seven o'clock at night we're just fucking booking it down the um mm. the sidewalks and she was the woman who when my mom showed up at her door banging on the front door you know she was standing in front to meet her i was right behind her like she was my wall she was my guardian and everything else and uh it wasn't any like second guess like you said your uh kids call you for to the, take care of business mm-hmm. she was that for me and that wasn't even my biological mother that was yeah she wasn't even my godmother. She was just like a, a nice, fucking strong woman. That's crazy yeah. that she did that herself. You know, she didn't have a significant other. At well, there's that a lot point. of those out there, man. A lot of women that step up and run both. A lot of men that do both. You know, single dads, just important single moms, um, kind of destroying the nuclear family, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks. But, I mean, me, I think you need both. I mean, it can be done, but, like, for my family, like, my wife is the emotion, and I'm the discipline. I don't, not as far as, like, my dad's discipline, but, you know, I try to do both as much as possible, but I'm not an emotional person. I don't really, like, get sad. I think, personally, that part of being a man in the man role or whatever you are mm-hmm. controlling your emotions is number one rule you know like you can't go around freaking out like all the time you have to like 
And it ain't easy. Trust me. Man. No, yeah, you have to you measure have to reel that yourself. shit in a little bit, you know? Like, what's going to happen? Because now I got shit to lose. Because before, I didn't give a fuck. Because I didn't have nothing to lose. Now I got all kinds of shit to lose. So, what's going to happen if I punch this dude in the nose, you know? Or, you know what I mean? So, I have shit to lose. So, I have to control my emotions. And it's taken me a long time and a lot of... When I used to drive, I'd put on, like, philosophy and... and understanding your own brain and understanding the way that you think shit. I wasn't listening to music and stuff. You know, I listened to books, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of like audio books. It's about random shit, but you know, uh, Thoughty Two guy, put him on. Yep. That guy's awesome. Thoughty, Veritas, Vsauce, bunch of prolific yeah, YouTubers. Shit, shit like that. You know, yeah. put that stuff on, try to like understand way of thinking. Cause, uh, you know, like, there's that whole, like, alpha, beta, gamma, male scenario. I'm not really an alpha, I don't think, because I don't like people. Like, I think that alpha males want to control the pack. Yeah. I don't like packs. I'm more, I just found this out, honestly, like, looking into things like this, but. You know, so, Omega? The, the Sigma male. Sigma, okay. It's like an alpha without a pack, like, lone, lone wolf alpha. Right. So they can challenge for the, the spot if they want, but fucking everybody hates them because they don't need anybody else. That's kind of like me, you know? And my son is definitely looking like that too. Um, but yeah, part of controlling it, uh, attention to details, very important. Um, knowing how to fight is just, you gotta know how to defend yourself, man or woman. You know, to either have a tool or know how to do it, you know. It's important to be able to defend yourself, especially days like this. Like, people attack people for no fucking reason on the subway, and nobody does shit. There's the white knight scenario, right? Nobody actually, chivalry or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it, nobody. They pull their fucking phone out and videotape it. You know, I, there's like a woman getting raped on her on a train in New York and people are videoing it. And I'm like, why does this never happen when I'm there? It's because I'm there that it doesn't happen. Yeah. The, uh, the deterrent. Yeah. I mean, you see some fucking gorilla standing over there, you know, that's staring at you cause he thinks something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Probably ain't going to do it. You know, I mean, I wanted to do this later, but I mean, fuck it. We'll do it now. Like, uh, tactical versus paranoid you know like i think that i thought i was paranoid but now it's just tactical you gotta you gotta read the room read the room and i i guess maybe from how i was brought up uh, i just do it that's why i was so good at like bouncing i yeah. could pick out the person that was going to be the problem and that guy's the one right there there he is well shit, maybe it's because you were the problem a lot of times i guess because, I mean, I don't like to start shit. I never have. You know, I've never been a shit starter. But I'll damn sure finish some shit, you know. I don't, I don't even like, I used to like to fight. But I don't now. Because it takes me like a week to recover. And you're old and fat as fuck. <laughs> old and fat as fuck. Smell like shit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, you know, when I go to a restaurant, I want to sit in the corner where I can see everybody. 
who knows what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I back in when I pull into the parking lot so I can drive out fast. Um, you know, situational awareness or tactical awareness or whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I look at everything. I see everything. A spidey sense. Well, I just want to know because I don't want to be taken off guard, you know. Because, I mean, I know what I look like, but most people ain't going to try to fuck with me. But, I mean, if they do, it's going to be more than one because I've experienced this in my life. Right. It's not going to be, they're like raptors, you know. You're looking at the one in front of you and the other two come from the side and shank your ass. Clever girls. Yeah. So, you know, I uh, I want to know what's happening. Um, but that white knight thing, chivalry, I still open the door for people. Uh, at least one, you know, like when I moved to Ohio, I'd open the door for one person and like 15 fucking people. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Every time. This was one, this was for the one person. You're supposed to hold it for the next person. Not me, hold it for everybody. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I still buy my wife flowers, shit for birthdays. And I mean, we've been married a long time, so I don't really like fire flowers for no reason anymore but she's well taken care of as far you know and i don't really care if people talk about me but like you talk about my wife or kids man i'm probably gonna gut you you know i'm very protective um very territorial i'm not jealous at all i'm territorial you know what i mean so like i don't want people fucking with my shit you know, like even boyfriends for the daughter. I'm like, fuck you want. Yeah. You know? It's just part of being a dad, I think. You know, he's he's not even bad. Like he's right. Treats he's... her fine. He's decent kid, smart, goes to college, works good. He's got a good, you know, not a good job, but he mm-hmm. goes to it and he works a lot. Yeah, better than most. You know, he's got good work ethic and shit. He's not a bad dude, but it's just like, I just can't like him wholeheartedly. Like, I like him. I just... You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's my boy right here. Every time I see him, I'm like, fuck out of here. It's hard to trust. It's not even trust. It's my territory. I'm territorial, you know? So, like, I trust the the locks on my car. That don't mean I want you to go over there and try to open it, you know? Fuck you doing on my car. Get out of here. Um, And I don't think there's a lot of that in the world anymore, you know, that territorialness so much. And, like, the younger people, maybe not even your age bracket, but, like, my daughter's age bracket, you know, he's kind of like, girl, like, dudes will try to talk to her or something, and he's kind of like, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I trust my locks. I trust my wife. They don't mean I want some dude over there like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think that we are in a sort of renaissance of, like, freedom, like, 70s-esque maybe not sort of free love but like everyone's worried about looking too like possessive or jealous and it's like you don't want to have your personality uh be so strong and uh defensive that you're inhibiting someone from making like an unbiased choice Mm -hmm. so like you know a girl might be getting hit up by some dudes 
your daughter's uh, boyfriend isn't too worried about it because maybe he's thinking, well, shit, if she's actually interested, if she sees something better, if she thinks this is like going to work out more well for her than what she currently has, like, why would I try to interfere with that if she could potentially be happier elsewhere? So I guess when you look in like a your wolf, alpha, beta, sigma, whatever bullshit, um, it would be definitely like more of a beta behavior, right? I, but I guess yeah, maybe. I mean, but then if you have some dude that has he had his arms around her all the time and he's fucking squaring up to everyone that you know looks their There's way and stuff like that, me. right? But it, that's that's a um, you know you're you're imprisoning. Uh, that person to some degree whether it's like conscious or unconscious because you're fucking with their uh, thought process and you know they might start thinking oh well if I look around or everyone else like if I receive a look uh, whether it's like a DM or an actual physical look you know what I mean but like they might fear uh, reprimanding you know from their partner mm-hmm. so I, I, I guess that's where I'd I'd dissect it and pull it down. I don't have to worry about that. Um, my fiance is, is like asexual. So there's, if I have zero worry about any <laughs> involvement at all, literally just like shit's on autopilot. I don't have to worry about it, yeah. which is really, really different from every relationship I've been in. Um, oh yeah. But so you were talking about like your, your wife, your kids are like your heroes for you. Even Batman has Alfred and Robin. Fucking Alfred's a G, man. Al- Alfred has his own fucking TV show. I just watched uh, Batman Rises again last night mm-hmm. with Bane and shit. Michael Caine. Yeah, and uh, fucking Michael Caine, like the Alfred. Alfred's a fucking pimp. God, he sells it. He sells it so good. He's such a pimp, man. What good are all those push-ups, Master Wayne, if you can't even lift up a log? It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Just the character of Alfred, man. Alfred, like, was a a hired person, you know, a hired guy. Fucking as a butler for their family. And then they died. And fucking Alfred. Alfred's a motherfucking hero, man. Once again, yeah, took responsibility. Alfred's the real hero of Batman, by the way, for everybody who's looking or listening. You know, fucking Batman. Because Wayne Bruce was, was at the young age. You yeah, know, was he like ten or something? I think it was. Yeah, it was. Eight, it was eight or ten or something like that. But still, too too young and impressionable. And he had, you know, Alfred to help him imprint and become the person that he he wanted to be. He knew he had to be. Um, but yeah. like, so for my my best friend's mother, like, she didn't have an Alfred. She didn't yeah. have fucking Robin. Yeah. She didn't talk to anyone. She didn't have like this is before you could text. You know paragraphs and shit like that so it was yeah. back in the time where um unlimited hours after seven or unlimited yeah, minutes yeah. after seven that was, was like so a real stupid. thing this shit was so stupid so stupid. um but she Fuck, didn't shit was so stupid. have anyone <laughs> to vent to yeah that sucks that's that's an important thing too is uh having that outlet you know my wife uh gets all flustered about what i'm gonna do so she's you know you either get the hero or the villain with me so uh she's always kind of like worried about how i'm gonna take things or 
how I'm going to react to things. And I vent to her sort of like I'm talking to the person. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck this fucking guy. And then she gets all stressed out. And then I have to like, the way it is, is like, I have to kind of like, sometimes I have to let Mr. Hyde grab the wheel and drive around the block. Right, in a safe environment. And yeah, in a controlled, like, combed off area. <laughs> and let him drive around. And then he thinks he got to drive. And then I can get the wheel back. And be like, okay, let's do this for real now, you know. Um, but with that, I mean, you kind of start to, after your certain age, you know, and you've been through a bunch of bullshit, government and whatever has society looks at you like you're some kind of crazy person for the way you act from all this influential shit that I get written down here. You start to kind of identify with the villain, like the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. So good. He was like a happy ass dude, you know, like he was fucking trying to help people and do all this stuff and be a good person take care of his mom and shit. And they just fucking shit all over him and beat him up and fucking the, the, the dude snapped, man. And you know, you kind of like, you're like, fuck yeah, I totally see that shit. You know, it ain't easy. That's why like, I don't know how far this show will ever go. It might just be this one, you know, but if you're listening, you know, with people in general, especially men like you never know what they're going through you never know what they have going on inside their head so always be respectful and nice to these people don't just be a dickhead you know don't be a bitch or a dickhead what's so, like um so polarized from that uh you always had the joker that was trying to like break the bat you know and um uh the killing joke i think was one of alan moore's writings as well yeah and it's when he brutalized robin killed him and uh it was his hypothesis was that even batman's just one bad day away from breaking yeah really is because like like ben affleck was batman for me like i I thought when i first heard ben affleck was gonna play i'm like you fucking serious ben affleck okay how about them apples you know like ben fucking affleck from armageddon this guy but then, like, you didn't realize at the time like how old Batman or how old uh, Ben Affleck was that when he was going to do the movie. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, like, he's still fucking Armageddon Ben Affleck, you know? He's, like, 48 or something like that. Yeah, he's, like, old. He's playing the old. It's based beat, off the uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah, the Dark Knight beaten down fucking half-broken fucking Batman. And the way more brutalized Batman. He was, like, branding people. Like, and that's why it wasn't a comic book. He was like a bad guy that does good shit, you know? That, that's definitely an influential point. Um, but then when you're older, I mean, you even like identify with like Negan from The Walking Dead, charismatic. You know, I thought he was fucking funny. I hated him in the beginning because he killed Glenn and shit. I'm like, fuck right. this guy, shoot him, kill him with the axe, yeah, you know? the chat for Glenn. But then... Uh, and, you know, fucking Abraham took that shit like a G, man. He was like, is that all you got, bitch? <laughs> uh, but, you know, 
uh, he's funny and that's part of my personality as well it's like that like funny like easy peasy lemon squeezy yeah, yeah and that's that's part of the allure for a lot of these uh, villains so that's what like you can't ever have someone just too detestable too villainous it's it's boring it's one note you know you've got to have some room for nuance yeah and then like uh, fucking Agent Smith you know like when you look at people and they're you start to really and you've seen that movie you're like man he was right man. people are a virus you know it's like they really kind of are they spread around fucking shit up and use up all the shit and then move to another area it's called a parasite you know um Thanos kind of yeah. kind of like he's really bad at math but like yeah <laughs> Uh, two plus two is four. Yeah, uh, but yeah, man. I mean, he was trying to do something to save future generations. You know, I think we we've talked about this off air. You know, like how nobody really cares about the future generations. So if there's like way too many fucking people, I mean, yeah, it sucks that it's, at least it was random. He wasn't like, I'm going to kill all the Democrats. You know? Uh, well, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, a, right, lot of, right. a lot of villains are heroes of their own story. Everybody's either a hero or a villain in somebody's story. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure that I've been a villain in somebody's fucking story. I'm going to a fucking dickhead, man. But I just try to, you try to do what you think is right. And it's not always right. And that's why we have, you know, comic books and your aunt and, you know, some portions of religion, some some aspects of, of religion that try to help reinforce a positive character. I've never really understood how everything's based on one certain religion. Like most of our laws, at least in America, most of our holidays, at least in America are based on, like, one type of religion. But there's so many. I'm not religious at all. But, but, like, my opinion, religion didn't create man. Man created religion. So man inherently just knows what right and wrong is unless you have something fucked up in your head and you're a serial killer. But no. by and large, like, even animals display, you know, some measure of, like, empathy and, like, mutual respect and stuff like that. It's like you've seen pictures of, like, oh, dog saves drowning possum yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's like there's there's a base note of, yeah, this feels like the right thing or this feels like the wrong thing. And you know that. You, when you were a kid, you're stealing a candy bar. You're like, I know this yeah, is wrong. But yeah. fuck, I want that Snickers. <laughs> so, like, so you do it. You know, yeah, that, that short term. And now those same people that stole the candy bar run at the country and, you know, they just wanted the Snickers. They didn't care about everything else and then knew it was wrong right right um yeah that's like i said i was watching the dark knight rises last night you know and then like i'm watching bane talk after he like breaks batman and throws right. him in the hole and shit and he's like has all these he's gonna blow up the city regardless but nobody knows that you know and he's like we're taking it back from the corrupt 
giving it to you, the people, you know? And that's the way that it is in real life. Like, you're like, holy shit, man, this guy's awesome. But then, like, he's going to blow up the city with you in it. Like, how awesome is he, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, and then, like, uh, Fight Club was a real big thing for me. Oh, it's impactful for sure. Super. Like, the book was good and the movie. Tyler Durden, you know. Everyone's got a Tyler Durden. Everybody. And, like, uh, you know, Andrew Tate's been compared to Tyler Durden a lot. But fucking, when you're demasculating men so much so that they, like, create a whole different personality. You know, like, what was one of the quotes in there? Like, uh, you know, we don't have any great wars to fight. Right, yeah. Shit like that. We don't have... I forget what it is. Uh, the end all, be all of something. Whatever. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. Fuck yeah, man. That's terrible, though, right? <laughs> like it's a great quote, but like you're like soul crushing. God damn. The reality is is bleak. Yeah, and I mean, I know we live in society. And like I said before, like, if I was born in, like, Spartan times, I would have been way different. I mean, everybody would, but I would have been, like, having statues and shit, you know. My daughter, son, and they've all said this, you know. And uh, I'm like, well, I'm, I just be, just be me. And this is what they say. But, uh, you know, it's true, though. Like, society's kind of weakened everyone i think everyone in society is like a weak willed person yeah but we're being pulled so many different directions like it's you lose focus if you lose focus you lose passion without passion like you you've got nothing there's nothing reinforcing any sort of decision for you you know what i mean yeah so pull up like i think we need heroes because they represent that hyper focused aspect of mm -hmm. you know what it means to be a hero like i uh, can be your hero baby yeah they they kiss away <laughs> the pain and um they're like it's it's just distilled you know you the bleak depression of our lives our, our spiritual yeah, war yeah. that's all cut away distilled splash with color put up on a fucking comic book you know cover and you're like that if i could just be that focus just dilate everything in and like i could be defined by just a few words yep. you know what i mean um i think we need that as like a frame of reference something to try to align ourselves towards because because we're being pulled so many different directions if you don't have that focus and that that idolized image of who you want to be you're gonna get lost in the sauce you know yeah, yeah. like companies corporations media uh social stigmas and like interactions like everyone's trying to get you to be some certain way right, right? you're a consumer you're you know a certain type of lover you're you know a employee or a worker it's like everyone is trying to put you into this little mold and have you conform to what their needs are 
Right. When you have that hero, that that focus, it's like, no, that's what I need to be. I need to figure out how to craft that mold. Um, I think that's like for me with Drizzt, like I had the books. I was able to, you know, read what happened to this character, how he responded, his thought process, and that was as much information as I could ever really hope to get and um, emulate, you know, those sort of decision-making skills and everything. So. Fuck yeah, man. It's uh, definitely a strange world today we live in. Ever stranger. And uh, fucking Eleven's a hero, man. <laughs> stranger things? Fucking, uh, what's his name that played the guitar? Fucking Eddie? Played Master of the Puppets on the roof with all the fucking crazy bats and shit? Dude's a fucking hero. Uh, now, I mean, would you think that that we need like an actual person? Or I don't think they exist. Like the uh, the the whole concept of like a superhero, and Stan Lee tried to when he wrote his heroes. Uh, at least you know he says so, but I think that. Our, our perception is a little bit different now. He wanted to write heroes in the way of an average person, how they'd respond to mm. a abnormal situation. You know, Peter Parker, and that's kind of his most enduring traits and like scenes is in all the Spider-Man movies when he's learning about his powers. And he's right. skateboarding off walls and web slinging. It's like, yo, that's, yeah, how, fuck, if I could shoot webs, yeah, I'd go sling myself from skyscraper to skyscraper and jump 80 feet in the air because it'd be fun yeah so that's what i would do and that's how we wrote him um but like that fight club quote like they have great wars they have villains they have yeah. someone directly yeah. to oppose them and direct that energy towards and uh i don't know that we have that positive reinforcement to build heroes most of the time like it's few it's, it's far and few between you get appreciated like verbally or otherwise for your um for your work ethic or something like that you know what i mean uh-huh. like only in early child rearing you're like good job gold star this and that it's like right. you lose that shit no yeah. one's giving you the uh the attention and respect and like acknowledgement that you are doing heroic things it's just when you think of a hero just does it but how long can you just keep doing something without you know being acknowledged for it you you get bitter become anti-hero you know what i mean fuck if no one's seeing what i'm doing why am i doing it so there's absolutely there's few people that could maintain that pace and just keep doing the right thing forever um in that vacuum so I don't think that we could ever have a Steve Rogers. I think he's he's too fantastical. I don't think we could have one in today's society. I feel like there's probably one you could probably look it up at some point throughout history to this point. I don't think we could ever have one now in today's world. Not that I could think of, anyway. Uh, 
but I'm, I'm sure that they did exist at some point. You know, there was somebody who was a fucking Captain America around. He was based on something, you know. Um, can't just be too good to be true, you know. You think like Abraham Lincoln? You think he was like a, like a full-on hero? I don't know, Woke man. up, went to bed, a hero. I just, uh, I just seen some quote from some debate that he supposedly said, which you never know it's true anymore, but I was kind of like, damn, Abraham Lincoln said that shit? <laughs> you know? What? It was like about like how he wasn't starting the war to actually free black people or something, but I don't remember what it was, so it's kind of irrelevant. Um, I mean, there was a lot involved with with that it wasn't I think uh, maybe Eisenhower we talked about him once is that right Eisenhower um, I talk about Roosevelt a lot Roosevelt, he's, he's my that's him, Teddy him. yeah Teddy Roosevelt his man's man was a fucking hero you know I don't remember when he was president but definitely a smart fucking guy man and, and like he did a lot of shit and he just woke up that way you pull back the layers and like you know growing up as a kid you think of our founding fathers as heroes and then later on you find out like a lot of them were deplorable a lot of them were con artists a lot of them were slave owners and so it's like how do you how do you cross that gulf like oh no, yeah no, you everybody make... was everybody was a slave owner there back then it was just a thing but yeah. not not everybody was i mean from like the mason dixon line down probably but like can you be complicit in that environment and that practice and still be considered a hero you know they talk about pulling down southern you know civil war uh statues and stuff like that for confederate statues it's like well yeah they man they were doing some detestable shit yeah still history though it is still history but it doesn't mean you have to like vent make it vainglorious you know um, and i think we we get lost with that we start idolizing and simping for people like elon musk and I I was really a big like standboy. No, I was I was the biggest Musk standboy. I was like, oh, that's Iron Man. That's Doctor Doom. He's gonna save the whole fucking world. Doctor Doom was a bad guy. No, but Doctor Doom was <laughs> was misrepresented. He was shown like the perfect uh, outcome for the world, where everyone's happy and everyone's safe, and he got to lead like a normal life. And that was when he had taken over the planet. So he's always trying to take over because he's like, but this is the best way. Like you don't see it. You weren't shown the vision that I had. So what, what what don't you like about Elon Musk now? Well, so there's a lot of um, misrepresentating, right? Mm. He didn't design the Tesla battery. Like, he has a lot of good ideas, I guess. You know, he he speaks to a certain degree of technicality that at face value, you would take his gospel, right? When mm. it's like the Joe Rogan podcast, you're like, oh, this dude sounds so smart. He's like... You're just born engineer and, and the way he, he ponders and stuff. But you start peeling back those layers and looking into the story and you're like, oh, okay, well, like, he did have a lot of money that came from um, his selling was first, like, his company. Yeah, uh, the one that became PayPal, yeah. So he already had a jump start. He just got in good at some point, put in a little bit of money, got out a lot of money. But he's not the guy writing the programs he's not the guy in his workshop like you know tony stark testing different yeah. you know uh, armor configurations and voltages and everything else he just he has an idea and he has people that build it it's so like 
to me, there's a lot of unsung heroes for every engineer who's built manufacturing facilities. Mm. Like you, you've seen like how it works on TV. Yeah, yeah, like how show. could you possibly take millions of pieces and put them together in order to create like a whole thing? It's, it's insanity. It's beyond me. But that level of intelligence and um, aptitude, I don't think exists in him. You know, but he gets the praise for it. Well, I know he's a very smart man, and I know, you know, that that he he might not like build it himself, but he brings the people together to make it happen. So he's kind of like, yeah, and forces them to work over hours and sleep on the floor at the Tesla factory. And well, I don't know. I've never heard anything about that. That might be true, but still. You know, that sucks, if that's true. But, uh, you know, I mean, you got to give him some credit because he made it happen. He brought this person from there. He brought that person from there. That's kind of like how the world works, you know? Yeah, like um, I think that's why coaches get so much uh, glorification because they built a team together. You know what I mean? And, like they're able to identify and, and mm-hmm. make a cohesive thing out of these disparaged parts, which are all good in their own way but better as a whole. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I know he's not over there, like, building Teslas by himself. You yeah, know? but the way people speak about him is as if he is. You know? Uh, and could be. I, think um, that... I mean, I think everybody deep down knows that he's not. He's not fucking Tony Stark. Like, building shit out of spare parts in a fucking cave somewhere. You know? Um, but he knows enough about the shit to bring the right people to do it. And he has enough money to make it happen, you know? And I, I think that he's a, I think he's kind of like a prepper without nobody knowing about it. Cause like, oh, for a, sure. For the like, whole Some planet. Shit's going to happen here and we got to find another planet. Yeah. You know, um, we need to get there. Uh, and like, he like taught himself like fucking rocket science from, reading a book and shit like that yeah, so a hundred years from now when we're living on mars right earth is pretty much mangled <laughs> and we've got our colony over there and you know seven-year-old kids are being taught in their history books like oh elon musk our, our great founder of the martian colony and the uh, united states of mars and united everything else. States mars. it's like uh are they going to talk about all of his relationships and like the kind of obscure and not not perfect aspects of those and like who else he was as a man stuff like that some of the other business practices it's like were they just going to be like oh yeah he created spacex that got us here and he created the tesla batteries which allowed us to stay here is he going to be remembered as like this perfect idealized hero and is that even is that even right to do just like is i don't Um, think that well it's kind of like uh back to batman harvey dent act right Mm mm-hmm you know, they basically, which I'm not saying that they're lying about Elon Musk, but like they lied about because he was trying to like kill kids and shit in the movie, you know, right? Uh, Harvey Dent. And so they like made up this story that he was something that he wasn't in the end. Like he turned into a villain, Two Face, and was trying to kill the commissioner's kid and all that shit. But they lied and said, 
he's this to get this done and to use that story to make things happen. So I, I don't know, but that's definitely a possibility that they're probably just going to take the good out of the bad. You know, yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it is better, uh, in some instances, like, uh, like I said, giving that, that frame of reference, that perfect image to align yourself that's, towards. That's happened so many times. It's not even funny. Like I'm sure that fucking Abraham Lincoln wasn't the greatest person ever or Benjamin Franklin, you know, like you said earlier, you know, we idolize these people. Um, there were a bunch of fucking wooden tooth, wig wearing, high heel, having ass, dress wearing motherfuckers. Yeah. But they were way more badass than we are. Yeah, I think that you know, it's... Like these dudes started a revolution over fucking two percent tea tax. Some other things too. But... I wasn't just about the tea. But it was mostly about the tea. <laughs> you know, like we're not paying for this tea, fuck you. Unless it's public sweet tea. Then I'll fuck with that. I'll I'll pay four percent. Um <laughs> I know, so like that's why it's easier for me uh, personally to check myself against a fictionalized hero because I don't have to worry about the real shit. I don't have to overlook desert. something in order to make it uh, perfect. It just it just is. In the desert of the real. <laughs> yeah, um, like a fucking Neo, man. What about Neo? Neo's a goddamn hero, dude. Like, yeah, he's a G. He's... So is Smith, though. Smith is the protagonist of the Matrix. Yeah, I think I identify more with Smith than I like Neo. He's a fucking Superman in the Matrix and shit. But like, you haven't seen the new one yet, but you should yeah. watch it. It's pretty decent. I dig it. Um, yeah, man. It's I don't think that they exist anymore either. There's definitely elements of. There's no like big bold statue making heroes anymore you know? not even the rock no not even the rock it's pretty close so i'd think yeah i don't think so uh i haven't watched black adam yet but i heard it was garbage um but it might not be i, I usually don't go with critics um but i thought it was all right you did watch it yeah was it pretty good or what i'd, I'd give it like a eight no, I'd say I'd say a solid seven, but it's still the DC realm production. You know what I mean? That's just always pockmarked with with failures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, I know. Obviously, you can't. I just can't look at the Rock without being like, "If you smile," you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't look at him seriously as like a regular guy i mean he's a good actor and shit but every time i see him i'm like you've still got that stigma from wrestling you're a fucking wrestler dude <laughs> like you know i mean there's good there's good actors that are wrestlers uh fucking jesse ventura was in the predator i thought that was a great fucking role you know bunch of slack job faggots around here you know i thought that shit was awesome man i ain't got time to bleed yeah. shit like that uh but then you know now like he's an old ass man and he's mm -hmm. all political and uh wasn't he like the governor of like minnesota or something um yeah, right once, once you get big enough to have a platform they have like the schwarzenegger effect or the nixon or anything like that <sighs> nixon was a dick yeah uh but anyway <laughs> literally right because tricky dick uh, yeah see i didn't even think about that um yeah i don't i don't think that they are big 
overwhelming heroes, you know. Like yeah, some shit that somebody would make a statue out of on Mars, you know. I don't know. But do you think we should... Uh... So do you think that we should... If it's impractical, impossible even, to represent that like perfect image of a hero in our real life, you think we should ever stop trying or should we ever start trying? You know, because everyone makes mistakes. Like mm. we've all got red in our ledger uh, to some degree. No, we should never stop trying. Um, and if we haven't started, we should definitely start. Uh, you start listening to uh, audiobooks on philosophy and how your brain works while you're driving. Yeah, I mean, because like... I'm, I'm no real hero, you know, I might be a hero to like my family, my kids, but people every day that see me walk past, they ain't going to think that I'm a hero just by looking at me. I mean, I am the kind of person that like when you see somebody sitting on the side of the road or blocking traffic with their flashers on, you know, and everybody's honking at them and being dickheads and driving by, I get out and help just because I don't want to be the one that's sitting there and nobody helps me. Which, I mean, I just push it off the road myself, but, you know, right, yeah. not everybody can do that. You know, you got a, a woman or she's got kids in the car or whatever. She can't do that. And my, my wife and my daughter actually pushed the woman across Cortez Road like some G's and fucking oh, grown-ass men driving by honking. Right. And not helping. I'm just like, allegedly grown ass men. Fucking pussies. Yeah, allegedly. I mean, they're of age of grown men. But yeah, it, takes, not, it takes more than just age. There's no responsibility, so they're not men. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, definitely should always strive to be better people because I do it, even though I'm not a very nice person. You know, I try to be, but deep down, Deep down, I'm a good person, but like... It's all in the acts of kindness. Yeah, I just... I don't want to be the guy on the side of the road while people are driving past me and honking at me because it pisses me off. So, I don't want somebody else to have to go through it, you know? And I think that there's still... You know, we talked about chivalry chivalry and uh, the white knight stuff. I think that it's still around in uh, micro doses, you know, like uh, that shit, micro dosing for like shrooms. Right. You know, I think it's like that sort of. So the fact that, you know, like I get out and help somebody push their car off. Like I've done this before work, like fucking six o'clock in the morning, you know, half dead and shit. Some guys broke down. Well, fuck, let me help that guy, you know. He's in the middle of the road. Everybody's honking at him. Help him push the car off the road. I don't need any acknowledgement from that. You know, I just, okay, man, you know, hope, hope it works out. And I, and I go get in the car and I go to work now. Um, and then do my job and go home. Um, but I definitely think that it's there in micro doses. Not everyone. Like, I, w- I would think that. I wouldn't even say half of society would get out and help that same person, you know, 
Well, based on the volume of traffic blowing past, no. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Like, I'll stop traffic to get them off the road. I don't give a fuck about what people are doing. I'm worried about this dude, you know, or this woman or whatever. I still think that there's, like, the uh, want or the need to protect people in society. It's like I've seen at least videos. Anyway, I've never seen it in real life because normally it's me when it's, right. you know. Um, you know, there's, like, men that are getting sort of irate with a woman or arguing loudly and then a bunch of dudes just come out of left field like yo you need to back the fuck up bro you know and there's like those videos you see where they do like social experiments where they like grab a kid yeah and most people don't react and i'm like i'm on that shit dude i'm looking for that grab a kid grab a kid in front of me motherfucker please grab a kid you know shit like that i think it goes to like you have the opportunity presented to you and you have to decide to take that opportunity to make yourself, you know, do something heroic. But more importantly than having that presented to you is you have to make the opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? You got to always be forward looking and progressive and you can't just be passive. Like that's heroes aren't passive uh, or at least not well-written ones aren't ever passive characters in their, their story. Right. right. They make the decisions. Things don't happen to them. Um, I mean, do you think that heroes are ever provoked into being a hero? I think that's the way it is most of the time. Like Braveheart. Yeah, you gotta you gotta rise. That's the the hero's journey. The reluctant hero, right? At some point, they get they get the hero's call, mm. and like, fuck, I don't know. This seems like a bad idea. Going up against all of the British, mm. but then. It, something uh turns and, and they decide They're to like take they up. kill your girl yeah that that <laughs> happens that, that happens all the time um but i think that like the epitome should be that we we make those opportunities and we we try to do right at every turn um for the most part here uh people who don't know dave does a lot of charity work kids dave's a hero he actually dresses up like heroes. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a a nonprofit I work with called Small But Mighty Heroes, um, just based outside of uh, Tampa. And so I'll dress up as uh, Captain America and some other costume do-gooders and uh, try to raise some funds for them. So smallbutmightyheroes.org, plug. Go Fuck check yeah, them out. Man. Donate kids' cancer stuff. Yeah, it's um, a, a pediatric uh, cancer nonprofit, so... We do a lot of like gift boxes and, and events um, for kids because, you know, at the end of the day, like they're going to remember an occasion more like a good occasion that happens for them more often. They're going to like say thanks for the hundred dollars for, you know, paying my medical bills. Like that's not what's going to stick in the kid's mind. Right. So it's we, we switch the, the the act of being there and being dressed and. So in, in the future, when some kid starts a podcast and survives cancer, you're going to be like, fucking Dave was my hero. <laughs> Steve Rogers, yeah. That, that one Dave, Steve Rogers. Dave Rogers, uh, Steve Rogers' retarded cousin, Dave Rogers. <laughs> like, uh, so I think we'll, we'll wrap it up. You know, 
the utilitarian philosopher Josh Stewart Mill, um, who gave an inaugural address a long time ago, his, his quote is, The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Absolutely true. I've used this in a heavy metal song before. Well, let's, uh, let's pull it up at some point on the podcast. <laughs> Pretty heavy, man. Too heavy for the podcast. Might be. Might scare people away. Fuck devil worshiper. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, it's their first show, so it probably sounds like shit. On that note, refining, refining the process uh, <laughs> over the next couple weeks. Uh, tune in Friday. We'll have our release for our first vivisection, a smaller bite-sized uh, dialogue between us. Yeah, yeah. So tell the definition of vivisection so people know what it is. Oh, jeez. You're making me pull this up. Old you're Webster. supposed to know it, Mr. Well, yeah, Smartman. So Mr. Smartman, uh, you're supposed to know it, Mr. Smartman. The practice of performing operations on live animals for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research. Ruthlessly another, sharp yeah, and the, detailed criticism or analysis. That's the one I was looking for, not the one we're not experimenting on animals for anybody who thought we were. We're not. We're dissecting things and topics culturally relevant usually yeah so yeah so we're gonna do that and call it the vivi section or viva section altogether it's a section that we dissect shit so tune into that shit you know what i'm saying (laughs) all right and we'll uh see you friday